Welcome to Triumphant's Podcast with Pastor Tanya, preaching on the Word of God. Because he deserves it. He deserves our worship on this morning. He deserves our praise on this morning. He deserves to be acknowledged as our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. So even before we get into the word this morning, can we just lift our hands wherever we are? And can we let the Lord know that we love him on this morning? Can we just love on the Lord this morning? Let him know we appreciate his keeping power on this morning. We appreciate his forgiving power on this morning. We appreciate his joy on this morning. Lord God, we thank you. And if you're in a season where you don't have the words, you can just, oh Lord, the mother's, they used to just hum. Isn't it good to know that God understands our hum? Sometimes tears can just roll down your face and you just, you just got to hum a little bit. But he knows it all. Thank you, Lord God. Father God, we just come before you this morning to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for being an amazing God. Thank you, Lord God, for being a God worthy of our praise. God, you're even worthy of our tears. (laughs) You're just a worthy God that whatever we go through, Lord God, in this life, if you get the glory, God, then you're worth it, God. So we just give you praise on this morning. We give you adoration on this morning, God. We love you. We celebrate you. We're excited to be able to call you our Father. And God, I pray this prayer, and I do. I pray it in earnest every Sunday morning. God, please, God, if someone is joining us for the very first time, God, please don't let this be another Sunday morning come to meet me. God, don't let this be a Sunday morning check-in, Lord God. But God, let this be an opportunity, Lord God, for our lives to be changed. God, let this be an opportunity for our lives to be better. Let this be an opportunity for healing and wholeness, for forgiveness and restoration. God, let this be an opportunity for deliverance, Lord God, and breaking free from addictions and those things that have held us bound. God, we don't just come to church because we're supposed to come to church, but God, let us come with an expectation that we will have an encounter with an almighty God. And so we come this morning. Maybe that's not how we came, but that's where we are right now, God. That we come with an expectation that we will leave this moment different than when we arrived. We may be in the same place physically, but spiritually and mentally, Lord God, there's gonna be a shifting in the atmosphere. Why is there a shifting in the atmosphere? Because your word says that when your word goes forth, 
things change. People change. Thoughts change. Circumstances change. And so, God, we stand on your word this morning that we're not just here, but, God, we're here to be changed, God. We're here to grow. We're here to be different so we can live this life, Lord God, that you've given us the privilege to live. So, God, we thank you. And God, we bless you. And God, even before we get into this work, God, on this Independence Day, God, we pray for our nation. God, we pray for the leaders of this nation. And as broken as our nation may be, God, we're grateful that we live in a nation that we can still call on the name of Jesus. God, we're grateful that we live in a nation that we can still gather together in our churches on Sunday morning to acknowledge that you are indeed the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And God, so for all that's not right, God, we thank you for the freedom to be able to say, Jesus is Lord. God, we thank you for the freedom to be able to, to gather together, God, to pray, to call on your name, God. And so, God, we just pray that we would be a light in this nation, that people will see the Jesus in us so that we can be truly one nation under God in this time. So, God, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. It's your season. It's your season. For those of you joining us for the first time in several weeks, we are continuing in a I lost count, I think a six-part series, a five-part series on It's Your Season. The two verses that have guided us throughout this series is Genesis 8.22. By now you should be able to read it without even looking at your scripture. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And I've read that scripture every Sunday, but it just, it just, it kind of hit me a little bit this morning. Because you know what? I don't care what season that you're in. It ain't going to last always. You know why? Because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, Day and night shall not cease. God is always moving, always changing, always restoring, always making new. The other scripture is Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. And it reminds us of the key figure of our study over these course of these weeks. And that is none other than King David. And it says, and when he had removed him, meaning Saul, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. We've said that in this study of seasons, that it is our prayer, two things that would be our focus, that no matter what seasons we go through in this life, that God would be able to look at us and say, there's a, there's a woman, there's a man that's after my own heart. 
that no matter what seasons we go through in life, that we will be able to say, as David said, I once was young, but now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Those are the things, that's the goal of this study, for God to be able to say, I'm well pleased with you, and for us to be able to say that I know that we serve a faithful God. Not just in the good times, but he's just as faithful when times are weary and rough. The three things that we said we're going to keep in mind throughout this study is that it is your season. <laughs> that you don't have to wait on your season. That if you woke up this morning breathing, you're in your season. So, so that way, if you can say, Lord, I'm just waiting on my season to come. God said, no, it's, it's your season right now. It may not be the best season. It may not be the easiest season, but it's still your season. That means that in this season, some things are going to die and some things are going to be brought to life. That God is going to do some things in this season. The second thing we said to keep in, in, in mind is that he is the Lord of this season. That God is the Lord of your season. That, that there's never a time where he has forgotten or he is unaware or he is unable to help you with what you're going through. He is the Lord of your season. It caught you off guard. It didn't, caught, it didn't catch God off guard. It caught you by surprise. It didn't catch him by surprise. He knew it was coming and he's still in control. Even when it looks out of control, God is still in control and finally there will be good in this season I don't care what kind of season it is but God's going to bring good out of this season amen and so now as we go into our next season we spent uh two weeks that's why my count was off we spent two weeks in 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 the season of Adullam in in that cave of difficulty we spent two seasons there because David spent a couple seasons there, it seems like. He was there for an extended period of time in a difficult season. But we learned the lessons of a difficult season over the past two weeks. And, and last week we talked about how in that difficult season, God will raise you up allies. That even when you're having a hard time, a hard season, a hard moment. God will raise up people to come alongside you. And, and not just a friend, but an ally. In other words, somebody who says, I'm not just going to be there to cry with you, but I'm going to make your struggle my struggle. I'm going to make your pain my pain. I'm going to make your fight my fight so that we're in this together. Not only in that difficult season will God raise you up allies. We saw how God raised up Jonathan to be an ally of David. He used the, his very enemy's son to come to his side. That's the kind of God that we serve. He's going to make sure that you have someone to fight and to stand with you. We also learned that it's in this season of difficulty that you've got to learn to rule your soul. That you can't let your emotions get the better of you. When all was lost at Ziglag, David had to learn to encourage himself in the Lord. That we have got to get to the point, saints of God, when everything around us falls apart, that we can still say, I will bless the Lord, all oh my soul. 
and all that is within me. I love that part. It says everything that is within me, even my frustrations, even my emotions, even my, my uncertainty, everything that is within me, I'm going to bless the Lord. Why? Because I've learned to rule my soul. So that my soul is not leading my decision. My spirit is leading my decision. And my spirit says that even when tears are falling down my face, there's a faithful God that calls me daughter. That's, what, that's where your praise comes from. And finally, we said to be encouraged in your difficult season because it's just a setup. <laughs> it's just a setup. It's just a setup for your success in Zion. One of the things I remind myself of often is that there's never a season. I don't care what season we've gone through and what season we'll go through. There's never a season where God is trying to undo you. There's never a season where he has some backhanded plan to, to get you out of his plan. No, his plan is always to prosper you and to do you well. So to be encouraged in this season. Because, hey, it's not going to last always, but it's a setup for what God has in store. And so this Sunday, we find ourselves in the fourth season of David's life. We find ourselves in a new season. If you would very quickly turn with me, and I'm going to take a minute for you all to get there. It's in 2 Samuel. That's how you know we're in a new season. We're out of 1 Samuel. We finally made it to 2 Samuel. Chapter 2 and verse 1. We are now in the season of Hebron. And this is the season that settles you. This is your settling season. Now, now let me, let me, let me, before I even read the scripture, let me, let me explain something. There's two different types of settling. One is a settling where you don't try no more. <laughs> that, that's not the one you want, brother Ben. This is, is a settling season where you're like, I, I, I don't fall, I'm tired. Whatever I get, I get. Whatever happens, happens. That's, I'm just settling. We settle for less than what God. That's, that's not this season. That, that, that season is nowhere in this study. <laughs> so I'm going to let you know that now. So if you were looking for the season where you can just quit, that, that, that season doesn't come up. When I say that, that this is your settling season, that means this is the season where God settles you. This is, this is your settling season. Now, let, let, let's figure out what happened to, to good old brother David. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, see all that talking gave you time to get to 2 Samuel. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Whether you got a Bible or a phone, your computer, it, it gave you time to get there. It says, after this, David inquired of the Lord. Well, after what? Whenever a scripture starts with after, and it starts with something happened before. Well, after this, after the death of Saul. So that's what the after this is. After this, David inquired of the Lord. After the death of Saul, David inquired of the Lord. Y'all, don't, don't, don't miss this. Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, go up. 
David said, to which shall I go up? And he said, to Hebron. Now, Saul is dead. Saul is gone. Get what that means. Remember that difficult season when David was running for, for his life? Where Saul had literally enlisted anybody, not just his soldiers, but anybody who was willing to kill David. He put out a bounty on his head. He even had his enemies searching for David. He didn't care who caught David as long as David got caught. The reality is David couldn't get caught because God had already said, you're not going to die in this season. And so, but y'all, y'all, Saul is dead. Somebody needs to say, Saul is gone. He's, he's gone. The thing that was, was trying to kill you is over. That which was trying to undo you is over. That which was attempting to destroy you is over. That which kept you up all night worrying is over. That which you thought was going to drive you crazy is over. Not only is it over, it's destroyed. It's no longer a factor. It's gone. The season of difficulty is over. It's over. It's over. It's over. And, and, and if you are like me, you're like, now this is shouting time. Because I was in that season for a long time. There were days when I didn't know if I was going to make it to the end of another day. There were days when I didn't know if I was going to lose my mind in the process. There were days when I thought the tears would never stop falling. But that season is over. And Saul is dead. And so it's shouting time. It's celebrating time. And, and that's what we do. It's like if, if, if Saul is over and, and Saul was the only thing keeping me from my destiny. Saul was the only thing keeping me from my victory, keeping me from what God had called me to be. After all, God had called David to be the next king of Israel, and he could not be king as long as Saul was in place. And so now that Saul is gone, it is time for me to move into my place of destiny. But, but we can learn something from, from David. Look at what happens here. Now remember, David has seen God do everything God said he was going to do. God has gotten rid of his enemy. God has protected him even when they were trying to kill and destroy him. So, so you can tell, it's like, this, is, this is where we get excited, y'all. This is what I've been waiting for. This is my moment. This is, this is the time I've been waiting. I've been waiting for all of this time for me. From that time I was a young boy and he said I was going to be king of Israel. Now is my time. Let's go. Let's do this. But David does something that so many of us fail to do. Look what he does. He says, shall I go up? So in other words... God, you've done everything that you said that you were going to do. You've, you've set me up for the kingdom that you said that was, was mine. But before I just run all willy-nilly into Gibeah and take over Saul's throne, even though I know that's my destiny, 
even though I know the throne is what you have for me. Before I go up, I got a question. Is this really the time? Is this really my moment? Y'all hear what I'm saying? We can get so caught up in our last victory that we can lose sight of what God is saying in this new season. I said we can get so caught up in our last victory that we can lose sight of what God is doing in this present season. Yes, Saul was God. Yes, the threat was God. Yes, you could see the open door to the kingdom right in front of him, but he had sense enough to ask, but God, is it time? Do I go up? Is now the time for me to rule over Israel? Is this the right time? Is this the right season? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? See, there's an old hymn of the church that a lot of times in, in our modern day culture, we don't, we don't pay attention to those songs sometimes. But there, there's a song and it says, oh, what needless pains we bear. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. There's a reason for it. All because... We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Well, I, I don't need to pray about this. I know I'm the next king. I know this is my throne. I know this is my destiny. Oh, what needless pains we bear. Because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. I'm, I'm going to say that one more time because see, here's the thing. God can do everything he's supposed to do and you can still in your busy bodiness get ahead of what God wants to do in your life. So, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless tears we cry because we didn't take just a moment to say, shall I go up? <laughs> is, is this the time? Is, is this the moment? You say, it better be the moment. I'm tired. You know how long I've been here? But God, I, I, I just, is this the moment? Is this your time? And that's the lesson of Hebron. It's when God has to settle you. I know you ready. Tell somebody in your house, I know you ready. I know you ready. I know you're excited. I know you're tired. I know you're ready for your victory lap, but I, I need you to woosah for a minute. That's this the woosah season. Just hold on. Slow down. Let God settle you. So when you go into your destiny, you don't go in a basket case. He said, I'm trying to just, just settle you. So what's the lesson of Hebron? Number one, you, you've got to pray like you've never prayed before. It's a season of petition, and it's a season of supplication. And, and I'm going to explain why that's so important. It's because, and y'all know, when we go through difficult seasons in our life, the one thing nobody has to tell us to do is what? Pray. Y'all, that's when we get the good prayers out. That's when we get the falling out, 
prayers. That's when we are on our knees and we're beseeching God and we're begging God and, and tears are crying and we've, we've called our prayer partner and we've called our pastor and we've called people we ain't talked to and we done posted on social media that people, we, we, when you're in difficult seasons, you pray. And not only that, because it's a difficult season, you will rally people around you to pray. Because you know that the only way you're going to get through this season is through the power of prayer and the hand of God in your life. So we don't, nobody has to tell us to pray when we're having trouble. Nobody has to tell us to pray when we're in trouble. Nobody needs to tell us to pray when there's sickness in our body, when there's heartache in our home. Nobody has to tell us to pray. But understand this, saints of God, your prayer in bad times is just as prayer as your prayer is just as important as your prayer in good times. I'm going to say that again. Your prayer life in difficult seasons is just as important as your prayer life in good seasons. And that's how we get caught up because we get comfortable. Remember I told you there's a danger in our comfort. And we forget that we still are dependent on God for our next level of victory. That's, that's what happened to Elijah. You all know Elijah and the story of the prophets of Baal. He had this major victory. He, God had done exactly what he had said he was going to do. The prophets of Baal had been destroyed God knew and God showed up. They could tell that God was in true and indeed the one true God. He got the victory. The rain fell when Elisha said it would fall. He prayed. He believed God. God did everything he said he was going to do. But then he said, Jezebel going to kill you. And it was after that major victory that now Elijah was on the run for his life. Had he just for a moment said, God, is Jezebel going to kill me? If he had just, all fresh off his victory, had just asked God, petitioned God, used a sub, God, God, what is going on next? Do I need to run? Or can I just be still and see your salvation? See, here's the thing that happens, saints of God, in seasons of difficulty. And I know I got a witness. They wear us out. <laughs> let, me, let, let me split. When you are, out of it, you are exhausted from the fight. You're, you're tired because you have used every bit of faith, every bit of prayer, every bit of tear to make it through that season. And when you get out of a season of difficulty, yes, you're grateful that it's over, but you're also drained and you're tired. And the enemy will capitalize on that unless you stay on your knees. So you got to keep praying. And that's what David did in the city of Hebron. He didn't just run and begin to take Saul's throne. He said, Lord, shall I go up? And see the enemy and the people around you, what are you asking that for? You can see the open door. Can't you see that God has done everything that he said he was going to do? Can't you see he's destroyed your enemy? I see it and I'm grateful. But God, if you don't mind, can you tell me, is it time for me to go up? Is it time for me to walk into this season? Or is there something else you need me to do? How long does that take? God, I, I, I need to know. And so, so David's men, they were excited. Saul was defeated. And the thing was, David did not even celebrate the death of Saul. He cried. He mourned. He lamented. 
And so he had an ear to seek God. Is it time for me to take his throne? And his men were ready. They were like, yeah, 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 let's go. But look what God said. He said, no, I just want you to go to Hebron in the city of Judah. In other words, I want you just to take one-twelfth of your promise. Understand that there were 12 tribes, and each of these tribes were representative of a city. And Judah was literally one-twelfth of the kingdom. And when David asked, shall I go up? He said, yeah, but just to Judah. Just take care of, just, just go to Hebron. Now, that's, that looks like the promise has fallen short. And you know what? David would stay in Hebron for seven more years. Just Hebron. He would stay there, but guess what God did to him in Hebron? He settled him. He settled him. He taught him that in even the little things that you have to seek the face of God, that even when the enemy is gone, you have to pray. Even when the threat is over, you have to seek his face. Even when destiny is in your sight, you have to seek his hand. Even when you can see the open door, even with the open door in front of your face, now is not the time to stop seeking the face of God. I said, even with the open door in front of your face, you still can't stop seeking the face of God. Even with the opportunity knocking louder than it's ever knocked before, it's more money, it's better pay, it's closer to home. God said, I need you to have an ear towards heaven. Even with the open door, you gotta have your ear to heaven. Saints of God, please hear me. More ain't always better. Higher ain't always God's plan. Increase is not always where God is taking you. You've got to be able to have your ear to the throne of God. Because every open door ain't God's open door. I'm, I'm, I learned that from experience. Every open door ain't God's open door. Satan got doors too. And you got to make sure when you're walking through that door, especially when you've been through stuff and you've been hurt and you're wanting it, when you want it so bad, you can become blind to the things that the spirit will reveal to you if you take a minute to seek him. I know it looks good. I know it looks better. I know it'll fix your problem. It will fix your financial problem, but it's going to cause 15 more problems. Hebron has open doors, but you need to seek you, you need to seek the face of God in this season. And so David doesn't take all of Israel. He doesn't go to Gibeah. Remember, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's where the Saul's kingdom is. He just goes to Hebron. And he learns to seek God in everything. Now, here's the thing that happens in Hebron. There will be battles to fight that you won't have to fight. Battles will be fought in Hebron that you don't have to fight. That's the next thing. Isn't it good to see a battle won on your behalf and you didn't have to lift a finger? There are battles to be fought in this season, but you don't have to fight them. I'm going to say that again. I said there are battles to be fought in this season, but you don't have to fight them. 
If you look all throughout 2 Samuel, and we don't have time to do it justice in these few minutes allotted us this morning, but they kept getting into to, to scuffles, and there were, there were battles, and there were, were seasons and things like that, but there was never a time that David was involved. You know who was involved? His men. Because they were so anxious to get to that place. They, they were literally fighting battles that they didn't even have to fight. And so in an effort to help David out, they kept killing off Saul's men. And David said, you didn't have to do that. This is what the settling season does. David was so assured of what God had promised him. Get this. David was so settled that the kingdom of Israel was his. He didn't care who his competition was. See, it was normal. Saul had been killed. So the next ruler should be his son. That's how it, it worked. And so that's what happened. After Saul was there, one of, they, they anointed one of his sons, king of Israel. And, and they, they were like, we need to go kill him. David was like, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to do that. And they would go and they would, they would kill us and, and they would come back and they would expect all of these accolades and praise from David. And he said, it, it was, it, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to destroy his family. In other words, the Bible says, and Saul's house got weaker and weaker and David's house got stronger and stronger. That in this season, Saul's house got weaker and weaker and David's house got stronger and stronger, that you don't have to worry about your enemy. When you're in this, God said, I, I'm going to take care of that. What I need you to do is keep your ear towards heaven. You're going to win. This is the season, saints of God, that you're going to have victories that you didn't even fight for. Somebody needs to know that's good news because then you almost lose your mind fighting in the season of difficulty. Yes. This is the season where you're going to have breakthrough that you didn't have to fight for. This is the season when you're going to have increase that you didn't have to fight for. This is the season when you are going to see and you didn't have to fight for this one. It's by virtue of you settling in the fact that you know that God has this for you. And when you know that God has something for you, you don't care what devil in hell comes upon you to try to take it from you when you're in a settled season. Well, I heard that they were going to give the position um, to, 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 to Jonathan because, you know, he has been here a little bit longer and his credentials. And you say, oh, okay, well, you let me know. What comes up? You know why? Because I'm settled in what God has for me. This is the season when you realize what God has for you, guess what? It's for you. This is the season where you're not running scared from Saul. Can you imagine what it's like to have such a peace in your life that people can come and tell you something so different and so contrary and you can be okay because you know what God has said? about your situation 
God said, that's what I want to do to you in Hebron. I want to settle you. So that if all the people around you are telling you something different, you're going to be at peace because you know who you are and you know what I've promised you and you know what I've called you to. You don't have to fight these battles. You don't have to prove to them who you are. You don't have to prove to them that you're good enough. You don't have to prove to them that you're smart enough. You don't have to prove to them that you're worthy. You don't have to prove to them that your resume has the right credentials. You don't have to do anything but be still in this season. Stop trying to prove yourself to people who can't promote you. I said stop trying to prove your worth to somebody who did not create you, to somebody who did not take the time to form you and knit you in your mother's womb and give you destiny. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You're good enough because God said you were good enough. You're smart enough because he said you were smart enough. You are enough because God says you are enough. Stop trying. The Bible says cease striving and know that I am God. You don't have to prove yourself. I just need to show them that I can. No, God said settle yourself. I got this one. It's already done. And here's the thing I love about God. You don't even have to be the best. You just have to be his choice. (laughs) You know what? There is somebody that got better degrees than I do. There is somebody more qualified than I am. There is someone better looking than I am. It doesn't matter. I'm still his choice. I'm still his choice. Stop fighting the battle of trying to prove yourself. You don't have to. It's not your fight. God said, I'm going to prove you. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is your season of being anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I know, but but God said I was going to be king and be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for, but I, 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 I know it's my time. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious. But I've been here. So be, it's, be anxious for nothing. Settle yourself. Settle yourself. But by prayer and supplication, just relax. It's okay. Because you worrying about it ain't going to get you there no faster. Settle. Settle yourself. I'm going to read this scripture because this is, this scripture is in, in, it's in Peter. I believe it's first Peter. I had to remember for a second. That's in this season. God said, I'm just trying to settle you. You don't have to fight this fight. Say it to you. Say it to somebody. You don't have to fight this fight. And you know why you don't have to fight this fight? Because you done already fought. You tired. This is what God said. I'm letting you settle. I'm settling you. The only thing you'll fight is your prayer life in this season. You don't have to prove yourself in this season. Look at this. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. And, and, and 
I'm going to say it again. First Peter chapter five, verse 10, highlight it, write it, put it on your mirror. And after you have suffered a little while, that was that difficult season. And I know it feels like a long while, but when you think about the scope of eternity, it really is just a little while. Even if it's been 20 years, it's still just a little while. And he said that after you have suffered a little while, just a little while, I, I know what you went through in the cave of difficulty. I know what you went through in Adullam. But he said, this is my promise to you. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace. Didn't I tell you it comes back to grace every time? The God of all grace who has called you. Who called you? The God of grace. Not man. Not your supervisor. Not your, your boss. Not your husband. Who called you the God of all grace? It says, after you have suffered with the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Look what he's going to do in this season. He's going to restore. He's going to confirm. He's going to strengthen. And he's going to establish you. That's a scripture to memorize. That's a scripture to put in your, in your prayer closet. That after you have suffered a little while. I said, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you, the God of all grace who's anointed you, the God of all grace who set up your destiny, he himself will restore you. He himself will confirm you. Not man will confirm you. Man will not establish you. He will restore. He will confirm. He will strengthen, and he's going to settle you. After you've suffered a little while. So it's okay to be settled. He, this is, God said, I'm, I'm setting you up, right? I'm just, I'm restoring what you lost. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it back. I'm restoring. Isn't it good to know that we serve a God of the restoration? Yes. That even when we lose it, he can give it back if we trust him. David may have lost some confidence in the cave of Adullam, but God said it's coming back in the season of Hebron. He may have lost some peace when somebody's chasing after you with a sword and arrows. It's, it's easy to lose your peace, but God said, I'm bringing your peace back in the season of Hebron. I'm restoring it back to you. And I'm confirming that what I said about you on that shepherd's field is still the same thing. See, there are things that God has promised to us when we're young, and, and we think God has forgotten about it because it's taken so long. But God said, I'm going to confirm my call in your life, and I'm going to strengthen you in this season, and then I'm going to establish you. And when God establishes you, guess what? Can't nobody un unestablish you. When God elevates you, nobody can unelevate you. When you elevate yourself, people can knock you down. When people elevate you, they can knock you down. You, we, we learn that time and time again. When we put people in on a pedestal, the same people will knock them down the next day. But when God elevates you, he does it to establish you and keep you in that place. But there's one last thing in this season, and then I'm all done. One, like I said, it's your, it's your, your prayer time. It's, I mean, not just, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. No, it's, it's that, it's that, God, I got to hear your voice. Order my steps. What's the next thing? What's the next thing I had to do? And then this is a season that there are going to be battles that you don't have to fight. You don't have to prove yourself. 
You are worthy. Somebody, I'm worthy because of the blood of Christ. I'm, I'm good enough. I am the right person, not because of my own merit, but because of the God who called me into this place. You don't have to, you don't have to prove yourself. And here's the last thing, and this, this is going to throw us off. This is what Hebron does. It gets your, your team together. My team. Hebron is the place where your core, your team gets established. They, they get together. This is what I mean. Here's the thing we miss, we miss all the time about getting to a place of destiny. And I want y'all to hear me, saints. This is something we miss. We always think we're going by ourselves. I said we always think we're going by ourselves. We are the lone ranger on our way to destiny. But look through the pages of scripture. Look, y'all, just, just briefly, whenever... God took his chosen leaders to that next place. There was always people with them. From Joshua to Moses to David to Christ himself. He, they had teams with them. See, the reason some of us are, we need to get settled in Hebron. Because we're together, but our family isn't. I'm going to say it again. You, you, yep, you've gotten that together, but the people that God has attached to you that are part of your destiny and that are supposed to go with you, it's not just enough for you to know who you are. They got to know who they are. Oh, we, I know that doesn't sound real pop. I'm going to say it. That's why I'm going to say it again. When you're, when you're in Hebron, Understand this, that your path to your destiny, what God has called you to, is never just about you. It's ne- I know we focus on the Joshua's, the Abraham's, the Isaac, but look at scripture. They were never by themselves. Even when David left to go to Hebron, look at the scripture. He took his wives and his men with him. God in this season has called people to you, whether that be in the business world, whether that be in your personal life, but there are people that are attached to your destiny. And God said, it's in this season that we need to strengthen your core. Because if your core is strengthened, when you get to Zion, you'll be able to fight the battles you are going to have to fight. Hebron is strengthening your core. See, that's what was happening in the season. David's men kept fighting battles that they didn't need to fight. They were killing people that didn't need to die because of their own fear, because of their own insecurity. And in this season, God said, I'm going to let them know that they have a purpose to, that they have a calling, that they have a destiny. And so he's shoring some things up in your life. I said, God is shoring some things up in your life. He's doing some things in your personal life in this season. He's doing some stuff with the people that are attached to you in this season so that when you have victory, it's not just your victory, it's y'all's victory. 
See, we say that because it's the name of our church. Together we are triumphant. But you know what that really means? Together we are triumphant. It really does mean that. So then when you're walking into that place of destiny, when you're walking into that place of victory, God does not have a lone ranger type of gospel. I said God doesn't have a lone ranger type of gospel. All I need is King Jesus and I'm good. God has always had a team type of ministry. If Jesus was Lord of Lord and, and sinless and faultless and he still gathered people around him on this journey, what makes you think you can do this thing all by yourself? If the King of King and the Lord of Lords gathered 12 flawed people around him to get to the place where God had called, what makes you think that all you need is you? God said, no, this has never been just about you. He said, so what I'm doing in Hebron, I'm getting your team together. Because you need a strong core. You need, you need a strong core to deal with what's coming in Zion. Even though that's your place of destiny, there's, there's still battles to be fought. And so in this season of, of Hebron, it's your settling season. It's your, I know you're ready. I know you're ready. I know you're ready. I know you're tired of being where you are. But guys, I just want you to be anxious for nothing. I want, I wanna, I wanna restore some stuff in this season. I wanna give you back some of what you lost in that season of difficulty. I wanna make you so sure and so confident. And what I've called you to be and who I've called you to be, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You can walk in confidence. He said, that's what I'm doing in Hebron. So that when you get into Zion and they look at you cross-eyed, it's going to be okay because you know who you are. He said, I'm, I'm settling you. And those people that I've called to go with you, those people that I've called to be part of this journey, part of this fight, part of this destiny, I'm tightening them up. I'm tightening them up so that together you can be triumphant, so that together you can walk in places of destiny. That's why, saints of God, we will see people gain much ground in the kingdom of God, and then we hear all over the news how everything fell apart because of things in there personal life God said that's why I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm tightening things up in this season so that when you go you represent me and you represent me well it's a settling season can we pray it's a settling season it's a it's a peaceful season you're not hiding in a cave anymore. You're not chasing the enemy anymore. You're not running from the enemy anymore. God said, you it's yours. I just need you to seek my face about what to do next. Let me order your steps. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious. I know, but it's, I got it. I know you thought it was going to be last year. I know you thought it was going to be last month after everything, but Max, 
It's still yours. But I need you to keep seeking my face. I need you to tonight. Don't don't. This is not your fight season. This is your. This is knowing who you are season. I'm tightening up your your core. So that when you get to that place, you'll have the victory. That I've just. It's your season. So God, I'm not going to worry you anymore about when, about how, about who. I'm going to relax. I'm going to rest in your promise because I'm settled that you're going to do exactly what you said that you were going to do. I'm settled that even if all right now I have is one twelfth of the promise, if that's where you have me for the next seven years and I'm in your will and I'm doing what you need while you tighten up the stuff around me so that it's not just my victory but it's our victory. Not just an individual victory but it's a victory for the kingdom of God. Then God, I will, I will settle in this season because after I've suffered a little while that you will restore, you will confirm, and you will establish me in this season. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for this season of, of Hebron. Even though the voices may tell us it's give me a time, it's give me a time, it's time to take the throne. God, we're going to rest ourselves in Hebron. We'll be anxious for nothing. We're going to seek your face, God. We're going to seek your will. We're going to seek what you're calling us to do in this Hebron season, in this season of of rest. Not of laziness, but of rest to settle our souls, to be so confident in what you've called us to. That no changing opinion will change our opinion of who you said that I am. So God, we thank you. God, can we pray for encouragement for our brothers and our sisters, for those of us who've been waiting for so long, we want to just jump ahead, pass, go, to get to that place because we know it's ours. God, can you settle us so that even though we may think we have everything that we need, that we don't trip up our brothers and sisters along the way trying to get to destiny. But instead, we would grab them by the arm and hook up with them and we pray together and get there together settle us Lord God settle us no more anxious thoughts no more anxious worries we are settled because we trust that where we are is where you have us for this season but it is just a season but we're going to trust you that you are God of this season too God, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about Triumphant Church, visit us at thetriumphantchurch.org or you can contact us at 301-559-2200.